unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my
not, and you did not partake of the Lord's Supper this morning, you didn't have an opportunity, if you want to be served, just make your way back right now to the nursery, uh, the nursery, the little chapel back near the nursery in the foyer, and uh, you can be served at that time. All right, the books of the Bible, you ready? Genesis, Exodus, Exodus Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First Kings, Second Kings, First Kings, Second Kings, First Kings, Second Kings, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Matthew, Habakkuk, Zephaniah.
We want to begin tonight by welcoming each of you to our, uh, our worship service, our Bible classes tonight. Looks like we've got a good crowd, and uh, if you're visiting with us tonight, we are truly honored that you're here, and we want you to come back and be with us anytime you can, and uh, don't rush off, but give us an opportunity tonight to say hello to you and express our thanks for your being here tonight. Uh, it's good to have some of the ladies back from the retreat this weekend. Uh, you can look and see who that is probably by the heavy eyelids that you'll see as to who's here. Uh, the bu first bus is back and the second bus is on its way. Also, uh, uh, I was asked to announce that uh, if you don't have your luggage, it's been put in the annex. So ladies, if you're looking for your luggage, uh, please uh, check the annex. As far as other things that... Uh, we want to announce tonight, there's a couple of items I want to emphasize. Uh, there's going to be a very important meeting of all lads to leaders and event leaders and also adults that would like to help with lads to leaders. It's going to be tonight in the, uh, 
little chapel following our services, our classes. So please remember that tonight. Also, Rush at Freed Hardeman is coming up September 22nd through the 24th. Please sign up for that. Uh, our Golden Circle Luncheon is going to be this coming Tuesday at 1130. Also, there is a men's shootout that is planned for Jumper Estate skeet shooting on uh, Saturday, <coughs> September the 30th. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer, and more details will follow. Also, remember, our food pantry and clothes closet will, will be open this coming Thursday. Canned meat is the item that you can bring, and we've had good help for this, and we would still like to have more of you come if you would do so. Uh, Drew Bruce asked me to make an announcement tonight. In addition to saying, hook em horns, he, he wanted me to announce that uh, area-wide for our youth is going to be at Strickland, and that'll be taking place next Sunday night. There'll be more announcements and details about that to follow. That's all the announcements that I have tonight. Let's have a prayer, and then we'll have our song for our teachers to go to Bible class. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all you do for us. We're mindful of your blessings. We're mindful of your kindness and your grace and your generosity toward us. Father, there are many that we know that are sick at this time, uh, those that we love and care for. And, Father, we pray that uh, you would be with them and help them, Father, as they uh, try to deal with their health issues and as doctors attend to their needs. Again, Father, there are those who've lost loved ones. We pray that your comfort and strength and consolation would be upon them. Father, we're so thankful for this good church at Boonville. We're so thankful for our capable elders and for their leadership. We're thankful for our deacons, and we're thankful for the involvement of so many here to advance your cause here in this community. Father, we ask that you bless us in our Bible studies tonight. May we open up in our hearts and our minds to your word and try to be uh, very much aware of how we can apply these things to our lives. Most of all, Father, we're thankful for Jesus who died on the cross for our sins, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. All right. To Canaan's land I'm on my way where the soul
question. Like, what question? Whether we read or not. <laughs> so, uh, we've finished our study through the book of Job, and now we're going to be moving on. So, if you're going to keep up just the idea of it, keep up. We're going to be finished reading a book by the time we finish our basic review of it. And then when we finish this whole thing, guess what? You'll have finished and your wisdom will have arrived right on time. Won't that be great? Yeah, can't wait. Okay, so please, if you haven't finished up your reading, and wow, I'm really surprised at how many of you have. If you haven't finished that up, please, please do that this week so you can keep up with our study through wisdom literature. I have these sick people we pray for, and if you have some updates about them, please share that. It's great to have Jody back. Jody, we've missed you too. But we've been praying for you and your mother all along, and we're just glad that things have turned out well. Okay, Irene Baker is Melinda Hester's mother. She has terminal cancer. Austin Wentz has cancer. He gets treatments uh, basically once a week or every couple of weeks. It's just going to be a long series, but he's been doing well. Wade Davis has been missing since June 22nd of last year. Bobby Petty has cancer. Paul Rollison has cancer. Lex and Regina Crossan both have health problems. Marty Woodruff has cancer. Donna Woodruff's doing some better. He's doing some worse. So please remember them. Eli Johnson is undergoing treatments for cancer. John Roten didn't have a good day, uh, but remember him and Peggy. Peggy looked great today. Is she here tonight? Okay. She looked great, didn't she? It was really good to see her. And Langford's Lisa Peake's friend. She has a lot of health problems. Emma Hutton has cancer. Paula Nichols has cancer. Sharon Strickland has cancer. Grayson Miller has cancer. Lauren Brumley is coming near to her delivery. So we're really excited about that. Uh, Linda still, she's taking treatments every single day for a month. So remember her, she goes through that. Barbara Foster has breast cancer. Remember the Woodrows as they're dealing with some problems. Pray Lynette gets a really good job. Larry Muse is a friend of Joe's. He's been sick with cancer. Lennox Kinnamer and Michael McBrayer are both very young, dealing with cancer. Pray for them and their parents. Sybil Tolleson has Alzheimer's. That's Jerry Ligon's neighbor. Jeremy Owens is recovering. Rita was, is Rita here tonight? She was here this morning. Sherry Floyd recovering. Look, right there. Look, you can see it. She's doing great. We're glad. Loxley Eaton's taking treatments for cancer. Joanne's experiencing some neuropathy in her hands and feet. Tonight she's experiencing severe chills because she thinks it's cold in this auditorium. Where'd she get that idea? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of us kind of like some blankets sometimes, but hope you're not getting sick. Gabe George is Abby's brother. Um, he's really awaiting long-term care. Okay, yes. this resolves itself too and you're on our list we're praying for you Eddie Kraft has liver cancer undergoing treatments Truva Brown's brother Michael's undergoing rehab uh, she had a, a description of his treatments and so forth on Facebook Jayla Ross has been in a coma for well over a month anybody have any update about her Susan Wood has breast cancer. Johnny Derrick has lung cancer. Flora Warner is at Landmark. Um, she doing okay? 
Doing okay. As long as Rick can come by four times a day, doing great. Ben Roberts is here. Ben, we've been praying for you too. How are you? Ready to go. Ready to go. Wherever we're going, ready. Okay, so they kind of remedied your, your pain? Okay, but you're still ready to go. All right. Well, we're glad that you are and hope, hope they can resolve that somehow. Uh, Sammy Barnett uh, is undergoing tests. Lawan Oss, remember her at home? Joyce Morris recovering. There she is, but I'm going to keep you on this list for a while, okay? Sue Mason, I, I thought I saw you. How are you? She's doing good. You look good. Okay. You must be mobile. You're here. <laughs> so we're glad. Uh, I hope you get great results out of your surgery. So far, so good. Monique Brown is a friend of Missy Barnett's. She has breast cancer. Billy Martin has a friend. Christy Nash has not a good prognosis on her disease. Norma Hemwell's been sick. She improved? No. That's Joan's sister. Uh, Brandon Elliott's Uncle Jack, he passed away on Tuesday. Uh, very close uh, to Brandon. Joy Jamison had surgery. He's been on a roller coaster. He's been okay. He's been in dire straits, back to okay. So we pray that he'll have a full recovery from his... Okay, good. Yeah, don't want that complication. Uh, anyway, seems like it's still kind of like this, so we pray, pray he does well. Uh, Larry Morgan, uh, he is, he's better. He planned to come here today, but Joyce ended up with a sinus infection. Uh, that's bacteria, so that is a little scary. Didn't want to chance it, so he's supposed to see the doctor, I think, on Tuesday. It gets clear there, then we'll see Larry again. He's really had a rough time with his recovery. Sandra McVeigh has pancreatic cancer. Rhonda Lansdale is also a friend of Missy's. She has breast cancer. Martha Eaton had a stroke, and she's recovering at home. Lisa Griffin's mother had breast cancer surgery. Melinda Hester had a cardiac event earlier this week. She was at Magnolia for a couple of days. Uh, they you know, were going to do all this diagnostic stuff. A specialist was brought in from Memphis who had, I didn't know she had a, a pacemaker and defibrillator. They checked that out. Uh, the hospital in Corinth, she's had a heart attack. Specialist from Memphis says, let me look at the diagnostic report from the machine. Machine indicated she had experienced an AC current. So she had this device was in the pool that was not properly grounded, and then it set off her defibrillator and gave her quite a jolt. So, I don't know, you have a pool? <laughs> uh, screen the people <laughs> and I guess the moral of the story is make sure that thing's grounded because I'd never heard of that happening, but apparently that's what hap happened. She physically is okay. No damage to her heart, but it was scary. It was very scary for their family there a few days. Uh, Johnny Parker had kidney stone, had to have surgery for that removal. He's at home recovering. Uh, Kathy Owens has been really sick over the weekend. She's been an in and out of the ER she was admitted to the Tupelo Hospital today. Uh, indication is that she has probably has diverticulitis, so they're going to try and get that under control and help her to treat that. And then Angie Strickland's mother-in-law, Angie works um, at the children's home. Uh, her mother-in-law, Bonnie Strickland, passed away. So we want to remember that family in our prayer. Anybody else? Okay.
Good. I, honestly, I like it when we don't have any names to add. But we will pray for these in their recovery and comfort. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you so much for your blessings on this day. Thank you for the, the great weather. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for keeping the ladies safe who have arrived back and bless those who are still on the road. We pray they had a, a successful, encouraging, unifying trip. And please just bless activities like that. We pray, Father, that you will be with these people who are so sick. We would pray for their full recovery, but we submit ourselves always to your will. We pray your blessings on Irene Baker, that she will have good days with her family. Bless Austin Wentz with strength to endure his treatments. Be with the Davis family and comfort them. Be with Bobby Petty and his doctors. Pray for Paul Rollison and his treatment. Bless Lex and Regina Crossan with better health. We pray for Marty Woodruff, whose condition has worsened, but we thank you for his wife's betterment, and we just pray she'll have a full recovery. We pray for Eli Johnson that he will endure his treatments. We pray that John Roten will have better days. And it was so great, Lord, to see Peggy here. Thank you for restoring her health to her. Pray for Ann Langford that she'll have better days. Be with Emma Hutton, Paula Nichols, Sharon Strickland, Grayson Miller, who all have cancer. Pray for Lauren Brumley as she nears time of delivery. Bless her with good health and bless the baby. We pray for Linda Garrett who's undergoing her treatments, radiation treatments. We're thankful that they're not as debilitating as the chemo treatments were. Pray you'll help her body to endure these treatments all the way through the month and we really pray along with her that this will be the end of all of that. Be with Barbara Foster and her treatment. We pray for the Woodrows and your blessing on them and pray that Lynette can find a suitable job with good insurance. Be with Larry Muse, who has cancer. We pray for Lennox and Micah and their families. Be with Sybil Tollison and her caregivers as she has Alzheimer's. Be with Jeremy Owens and Rita. We pray for Sherry Floyd and her full recovery. It is so great, Lord, to see her here tonight. We pray you'll bless her and uh, get her on her feet confidently and pain-free. We pray for Loxley Eaton, who's taking treatments for cancer. Bless Joanne Roberts, who's experiencing some problems in her hands and feet. And we pray she's not coming down with something tonight. Be with Gabe George as he still has some un, unknown conditions that need to be treated. He's just had a lot of problems. We pray, Lord, the very best for the situation. It's all in your hands, but we just, we just pray, uh, not just for him, but especially for Abby, who has this weight of responsibility on her. I pray that things are really uh, turning so that he can get uh, really good care, and uh, we pray that whatever's been indicated can be resolved. Be with Eddie Kraft as he undergoes treatments. Be with Trevor Brown's brother, Michael, as he's going through rehab. We pray for Jayla Ross and her family as, I guess, she's still unconscious. We pray, Lord, that something will happen. Be with Susan Wood, who's been diagnosed with breast cancer. Be with Johnny Derrick, who has lung cancer. Pray for Flora Warner as she settles in at Landmark. She'll have good days. Thank you for Rick and children of aged parents like Rick who really love their parents and do their very best to support them and make them comfortable and happy. Be with Ben Roberts. I know he's feeling better. I pray, Lord, that his exuberance will not be too much and not re-injure himself. Pray he'll be free from his back problems. Be with Sammy Barnett who's undergoing some tests. Bless LaJuan that she'll be back with us. 
We pray for Joyce that she'll have a full recovery, whatever deficit she still has. We pray those will be resolved. Her strength will return to her energy too. Uh, be with Sue Mason as she's only recently had this knee surgery. We thank you, Lord, for her recovery thus far. Thank you for so many people tending to her needs. Just get her well and that constant smile back on her face. We pray for Monique Brown, who has breast cancer. Be with Billy Martin's friend, Christy, who has a terrible disease. Be with Norma, that she'll have better days. We pray for the Elliott family and Jack's passing and comfort for Brandon. Bless Joy Jameson, who's still not out of the woods with his surgery. We pray, Lord, that his vital signs will stabilize, his health will return to him, and he can live the life that he's committed to living. Bless Larry Morgan in his recovery. Free him from this to get better and back to his normal walk. We pray for Sandy McVeigh, who has cancer and is very sick. Pray for Rhonda Lansdale, who has breast cancer. Bless Martha Eaton with a full recovery from her stroke, also that she'll not have any deficits to remain, and we look forward to seeing her back with us. Be with Lisa Griffin's mother in her recovery. Bless Melinda Hester as she recovers from a very frightening event. We pray that uh, no damage was done. Be with Johnny Parker, that he'll have a full recovery and be back to work. We pray for Kathy Owens, who's very sick and is even right now in the hospital. We pray, Lord, that she'll get the treatment that she needs to feel better and be back home soon. And we pray for the Strickland family and Bonnie's passing, comfort for Angie and for her husband, for all those involved. We ask, Lord, that you will bless us tonight as we look in another section of your word. Lord, we thank you for the power of that word and its transformative work on us. Help us, Lord, to dig deeper so that we can know more and apply that to become wiser. And thank you for all that you've done already. Thank you for your blessing in the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, tonight we're going to talk about the book of Psalms. Boy, that's a great one. I, I thought this would be kind of interesting because it, when you think of the book of Psalms, actually it is like the song book of Israel. And you may or may not know this. It was a long time before I actually realized it, that the book of Psalms that's made up of 150 different Psalms is actually five different books. So the first book is from the first Psalm through Psalm 41. Then you go into the second book, which is Psalm 42 to Psalm 72. Book number three is Psalm 73 through 89. Book number four is Psalm 90 through 106. And then the fifth book is Psalm 107 to the end, Psalm 150. Throughout all those five books, you have some interesting authors. Now, if I asked you who wrote the book of Psalms, initially, I know you would. You would say, well, the Holy Spirit did. Okay, peace, yes, that's true. Who did the Holy Spirit use? Most people would say, David. That'd be a pretty good statement, given that David wrote most of them Almost half of them, 73, are attributed to him by his name actually being with the psalm. And then you have some surprising writers like Moses. Yeah, Psalm 90, the opening of book number four, is actually attributed to Moses. And that's a pretty interesting read. So that's old. And then you have... 23 of the Psalms that are attributed to Asaph and Korah, singing groups. I kind of get that's what that is. If you look up those names, you'll find out that those are actually significant participants under David who actually helped with the production, with the singing of the songs and so forth. 
And then you have a couple of other actors, the, actually the last two in the third section, in 88 and 89, who are wise men in Israel, but they have two psalms that are attributed to them. You have two psalms also that were written by Solomon, and that's not surprising because we knew that he wrote some, but there are two in the book of Psalms. And then the remainder of all those, we don't really know who wrote them, but they were compiled over time. You say, well, over how much time? Over about a thousand years. I say that because you've got Moses over here on one end, right? And then like, and this is just a couple examples, like Psalm 126 and Psalm 137. Those are two. They're not the only ones, but two of those. When you read them, you actually realize, wait a minute, these Psalms reflect not the normal course of history with Israel, but it's talking about how we are returning from captivity. Well, when did captivity happen? Ding. Well, this Babylonian captivity, right? So the Babylonian captivity started about 606, roughly, and ended about 536. That's 70 years. So 536, they're coming back. And they're, this is one of the Psalms that's kind of rejoicing in the fact, hey, we're going, we're going home. So a thousand years, right? From Moses all the way to the Babylonian captivity return. That's a lot of time. So a thousand years of Psalms that are included in five books. I will tell you that middle one, the third book, it starts at 73 and goes through 89. That book right there is the one that has all kind of the named loose ends in it, like the Asaph and the Korahs and the two wise men and one of Solomon's is in there. It's kind of the odd bunch. The rest of those four other books, you say, well, how is it that they were delineated? If the middle one was kind of one of the odd ends, that, that kind of makes sense. And you know how we are, us Eastern European mindset, we have the idea that in literature, everything has to be what way? you know, organized. Uh, if you're going to, especially if you're going to do a song book, it has to be written according to themes, right? And actually, uh, you can look at your song book and see that's exactly how it's done. You've got uh, a list of all the songs that are in the book and kind of subject titles generally. And then also within our song book, they'll have groupings according to kind of a theme, actually tie-in songs together. So you, here you sing verse 1 and verse 3, and then on this one you sing verse number 1, and then on this one just kind of make a melody out of the whole thing. Okay, peace. That's a way to do it, but that isn't necessarily how the Psalms were written out. So what we got with the Psalms is really no, no central themes at all. In fact, the themes go all over the place. They're not put in any particular order as in you say, well, we've got 73 Psalms of David, so I guess we'll start with his earliest one and then the last one that he wrote, that'll be the oldest one. Peace, no, it doesn't go that way either. They're all kind of jumbled together. Some people think, well, wait a minute, Ken, you said it's the Psalm book of Israel. Well, generally true. Actually, that would be what? The Five song books of Israel, okay? Why would you need five? Subject matter? <laughs> but thank you, that's a good idea. That kind of goes back to what I was saying there a minute ago. Kind of makes sense. That third book, at least, has some semblance of reasonable combining. That makes sense. Um, any other ideas why, why we have five books instead of just one? I mean, there's, in fact, I don't know if anybody else felt that. I didn't realize that until way later as I was studying the Psalms that there even were these other, that there were five books. I just thought it was just one book of Psalms. Anybody else in that category? It's okay. You did. That's kind of how I thought it was.
Well, it, here's the thing. Look, look at this book here. This book, let me get this psalm book. This psalm book, and I always thought this was kind of amazing. When I first saw this psalm book, I thought, wow, this psalm book has 1,030 one thousand and thirty songs in it, and so, wow! If we could do that, wouldn't that be handy? You know, you just have. Well, I've got one, Ken. I got like the New Testament with Psalms and Proverbs in it. Right there's the Psalms. Okay, but take yourself back to Israel. Did they have books like this? Binding and no, they had scrolls. Okay, I say all right. We're going to sing tonight. Now they, the rabbis, they had rolled the scrolls up since the last worship, right? Tonight we are going to sing Psalm 149. Okay, so you've got the scroll on this apparatus that's got these little handles on it. And now what are you doing for about 30 minutes? <laughs> okay, everybody, t oh, I'm sorry, everybody can't turn to it. So I'm going to turn to it. And I'm rolling to Psalm 149. It takes forever, right? So in order to make the finding of the Psalms easier, what do you do? You chop the thing up into five different books. Five different books. Okay. Now, let's see. We, got, we don't necessarily have them arranged in themes. However, let's, let's do it this way. Let's say that on a Sunday morning, one of the song leaders calls up and he says, hey, Ken, what's, what's the topic of your sermon today? And I tell them, and then they go and they pick all the songs out that they want to have for the service. And it comes across, it's orderly, it's great. But let's just say that next week, it's a different sermon, but this is like part two of the same topic or the same, you know, the same subject matter. Well, song leader, song leader number two, he may call me up too and say, oh, we're going to do the same thing. Is he going to lead the same songs that they led last week? Just go ahead and shake your head. No, no, they're not. They're not going to do that. Most likely not going to do that. So they're going to then go and pick a bunch of other songs. Now, in these songs that sometimes have the theme in them, do you find that it's the only theme in the song? Now, a lot of times there might be a general theme to it, but each verse will be very different. Maybe, maybe it goes in a different direction or whatever. So you say it's, it's loosely thematic, but there are a lot of things about it that don't even make connections. Well, some people have the idea that in the ordering of these books, say in the, in the first book, you go from uh, Psalm 1 all the way to Psalm 41. Those, those 41 psalms right there may be loosely connected, may not be connected at all, but they're put together for easy access. So I'd say it may not be that I want to do, let's say, in this service tonight, we're going to do the first psalms of, of David, the first five psalms of David. It's not going to be like that. Maybe we do Psalm 1, we'll do Psalm 6, we'll do Psalm whatever, but we're going to stay in five. And so as a result of that, then you've got easy access to these songs and so forth. That would be one thing. A second thing is that you have these special feast days. When you have the special feast days, what happens with the singing of the people? Well, now they are thinking about events that have happened. It's kind of interesting. For instance, any of the celebrations that would deal with uh, things like uh, Purim or other festivals that remembered uh, times of difficulty or deliverance. Like in that very last book, you'll have most of the Psalms that are dealing with uh, the return from Babylonian captivity. Well, guess what? When you sing about the return from Babylonian captivity and the oppression that you experienced and then the joy that was overwhelming. By the way, these are often referred to as psalms of ascents. That as, you know, Jerusalem was on three mountains. Okay? 
sometimes you hear about the Temple Mount. So as the people were coming to Jerusalem for worship, how are they going? They're going uphill, right? So the Psalms of ascent, get that? You're ascending the hill. They talk about ascending the hill. And as you're going through that Psalm, the close, it's like the closer we get to our destination, what's happening to us? Yeah, the more excited we're getting. It's reflected right there in that Psalm. And so there'll be a, you know, there'll be a, a bunching of those that, okay, that at one time dealt with an original exact, literal ascent to Jerusalem. There was a day when that actually happened and someone sat down. Sometimes these are David's. Sometimes it's the captives returning. But there was a day at which that was written for a reason. But now we're years away from that. However, as we're going to Jerusalem, we're still what? We're still excited. We're still happy. We're still thinking about the joy it's going to be when we get in there and we worship God. And so even though that applied to a particular time, that's also going to apply to a lot of other times. In fact, I will suggest to you that that applies to us even until today. When we come to this place, what ought to be our heart and our mindset? We ought to be you know, a lot of junk happened this week, whatever. But right now in this moment, I am, I am in effect ascending the hill to go into worship God. And I wanted to, sh- I wanted to show you this too. I, th- I think this is kind of neat. I don't, didn't know if you knew that your songbook has this feature. I'm pretty sure that our song leaders know this. And I haven't talked with them, but this, this songbook has some interesting features in it. One of them is a scripture index. Did you know that this songbook had that in it? So every song that's in here, first of all, you would expect it to reflect what? God's word. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. If it's not, and of course we're leaning on Ephesians 5, 19, Colossians 3, 16, but if it's not, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, then what? We're not using it. No, that's all that's biblically authorized. Okay, question. When that text talks about psalms, what's he talking about? The psalms. Yeah, literally the psalms. Because what was used in Jewish worship Then those Jews who now have been converted to Christianity, what are they naturally going to use? The Psalms. Of course they would. Why wouldn't they? Those Psalms were written by whom? Okay, we listed the people, but back of that we said it was none other than the Holy Spirit. God wrote those. So that's going to be a timeless thing. And do you find that as you're reading through the Psalms that you find stuff that applies to today? Yeah, you know you do. In fact, when our heart is hurting, whatever, almost always, that, that's one of the first places we'll go is to the Psalms. Okay, so I directed you to this. Uh, this, is, this is on page 1039, okay? The Index of Scripture Appearing Within Hymn Titles. Okay, so you've got a lot of these books. Look when you get to the Psalms. The Psalms are the number one referenced book in the Bible. Why do you think that is? (laughs) Well, first of all, it's got 150 Psalms in it, and each one of them has got a bunch of verses in it, so there's a lot. Yeah, okay, biggest book in the Bible. Of course it's going to be. But given the fact that part of what we are supposed to express ourselves in worship with are the Psalms, don't you think that would be a number one That'd be a number one reference, would it not? Yeah. Okay. Why? So we got psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Since we're on that, by the way, what are hymns? Hymns are actually songs that dwell on the greatness and the awesomeness of God. They just elevate and glorify who God is. 
we just proclaim how great God is. That would be a hymn. And what is a spiritual song? Okay, yeah, and, and I would, uh, uh, Luther says biblical topics, it, and it lifts you up, a absolutely right. Uh, I, would, I would equate it to something like this, like the difference between a scripture reading and like a sermon, okay? A scripture reading, we read the scripture, yeah? We read the scripture. In a sermon... We might make reference to the scripture, but part of that is explaining the scripture or making the application of the scripture. Does that make sense? Here, here's the scripture. I'm not just sharing it with you. I want you to understand what that scripture means. And so here's, here's how we can apply that, that kind of thing. Okay, that's like what a spiritual song would be. Would be. It would be a song in which we talk about topics or teachings from the scriptures. In fact, a lot of times as you sing these songs, you'll hear a scripture quotation, but then all of a sudden it talks about, you know, life using that. Okay? So you have Psalms, which, and we have many that are just directly from the scripture. You're just, you're just speaking the words of scripture to a tune you have hymns that glorify and extol and lift up God. And then you have spiritual songs that reflect or incorporate biblical, biblical themes, oftentimes quoting the scripture itself. Okay, now when you come, you come to Israel, we say now Israel used these as their psalm book, their five psalm books. So you can bring the scrolls out on which these... The wordings are found. Uh, how did they sing? Any idea? Did they have four-part harmony? <laughs> no. Four-part harmony is kind of a modern innovation. Uh, generally speaking, when ancients sang, they sang just a monotone. They would make a tone, they would hold it, and then they would speak the words through it. Probably not even rhythm to it. Just kind of, you've heard some of those um, chants that are done in a lot of these religious organizations today. That's probably how it was done. Just basically a chant. And you could go on and on. If you do it that way, do the words have to rhyme? Shake your head this? No. No. Uh, another interesting feature of the Psalms is that, like for us, you know, our literature, if it doesn't rhyme, we think that is the lamest poem I've ever read. You know, it's like, that doesn't make sense. I don't even get that. Okay. Um, and maybe some of the most rudimentary <laughs> of, of poetry today is the kind that rhymes. Okay, that's one way to do it. Another way is using uh, things like synonymous parallelism or... Uh, that's, that's where you would set concurrent thoughts. So you'll make a statement and then you'll follow it with a parallel statement. And you might find uh, all kinds of things like that. Uh, sometimes uh, the ancients, instead of, instead of uh, making the parallelism, they used like, uh, like the, the linear thought. Here's what I want to do. I want to teach, I want to teach an idea but here's how I'm going to teach the idea. I'm going to give six examples of it. And so there's the repetition of the idea expressed in several different forms. You'll find that a lot of times in the Psalms. But every time that those Psalms are spoken in a worship setting, when the, when the tone is set and the chanting goes on, what happens to the people who are involved in those chants or who are hearing those chants? What happens to them? Uh, yeah, they get excited. Uh, Ken, they just have a oh, they just have a transformative uh, uh, experience. Not not that. What happens is they hear it, and and there's something about music. 
Especially, I don't know, especially it seems like with, with when there's a melody to it. But there's something about music and rhythm that helps you to put the word right in your head. You, you, you memorize things more easily when it's connected with a tone or has a rhythm to it. Okay? So when people, when people went, you say, well, there are 150 psalms right there. When you read about historical reflections on the worship of Israel, you will find that it was basically expected. Is everybody carrying one of those scrolls with them everywhere they go? Shake your head this way. No. Then how are you going to participate? You're going to repeat. You're going to repeat it. You're going to have heard these things since you were a little kid. And as you are growing up, it's just becoming more and more and more a part of your psyche. So when you read uh, reflections on the history of the past, you'll read things like, well, you know, it was expected that so they, would, they would memorize these 150 psalms. And you're like, what? Yeah, well, the way they did that, they had a mechanism for that. It wasn't, it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that someone would memorize all of those simply because of the mechanism for the application of those things to their mind. And think about this. you got all these kids up here today that were singing way faster than Doug was on some of those songs. But here, credit to Doug. Before that happened... Let's say the first day they showed up, Doug starts singing these songs. How many of them knew those songs? This many. Next day, and you notice, I don't know if he designed it this way or not. It's just me overthinking it maybe, but he never puts the words up there. Because when you put the words up, what does that do? That creates a, a crutch, a crutch. So if you have to learn it, what will happen? If you have to, you will. You will. I don't know if you've ever taken college foreign languages before, but I sat myself down in, in the class for Spanish, and the teacher started speaking in Spanish. And I put my hand up and I said, Ma'am, I do not understand that one word you're saying. You know what she said to me? She said, too bad, back to me in Spanish. And then she sent me a note after class later and said, this is the technique. We learn exposed to the language. If you want to get better at the language, then you can come to, and then they would have like classes off time where you could go and just, we'd just converse in Spanish. That is like throwing you in the pool. You either seek or sink or swim, but guess what most people do when they're thrown in the pool? Okay, they don't become Olympic swimmers, <laughs> but they keep their head above the water, okay? So people immersed themselves in the Psalms, and then what happened? It naturally developed within them. Okay, now here's what I'm, I'm not asking you to memorize 150 Psalms. You can if you want to. I'm not asking you to do that. But here's what I would love for you to do, is just sit down and start reading them. Okay, so we'll be studying this over the next few weeks. But as we're doing that, just get familiar with it. I know there are a bunch of them that you've gone to, you read a lot. Or some of them we sing about. We've got them in our song. We say, check, I got that one. Okay, peace. But I'm going to guarantee you there are some you've maybe never read before in your life that will also be powerful and impactful. Let's have a prayer and then we will be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for the blessing of this day and for this time to reflect on your word. I pray, Lord, that you will motivate us, give us a, a hunger and thirst for your word. Help us, help us ultimately through this become a wiser people. And thank you for the promises to that end. Please keep us safe tonight. And if it's your will, you'll give us a new day. Help us to exercise our faith in extraordinary manners. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh.